With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Busy uh, final hour of the program. David Kaplan coming up here in about 15 minutes. We'll get to Cappy from Chicago, and then Bill Bender from the Sporting News will uh, give his thoughts on some of the marquee games, and boy, there are a number of them. It is, after all, rivalry weekend. Let's head to Vegas. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com joins the program. Kenny Trenton, Ken, happy Thanksgiving, sir. How are you? Thank you, Trent King. This is such a fun week. I've had day basketball all week trading that. And then you get great food tomorrow and football. And then, you know, it all breaks loose again on Friday, Saturday with rivalry weekend. So many great rivalries, so many great games, so much to play for. And uh, you know what? One thing we need to know, going in, there are 39 bowl games. Mm. uh, So we need 78 teams with six wins. Right now, there's only 72 teams. We're six out. There's 73. I'm sorry. Ohio won last night. We're five teams short. And then the last time that happened, they were short. It was 2015, I believe it was. So they've made their allotment the last three years. If they don't get it, the five and seven teams would fall to the highest APR, the best in the classroom. So Boston College, Kent State, and Mississippi State fall in that category. So. Those are teams that may have an easier route to get a bowl game. Interesting. Well, of course, Mississippi State, they can take care of business uh, and uh, take everything off the table by winning that sixth game tomorrow night uh, in the Egg Bowl. Hey, you know what I want to start before we get into some of the games? So we know that uh, in the Iron Bowl, uh, Alabama's a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Auburn with Jones at quarterback. What if Tua was a quarterback? Would that point spread be double digits? Does Tua Tagliavoa make that much difference? Oh, yes, it, yeah, uh, six and a half points right now. And Alabama would be a 10 point favorite. Okay. And that would sit right, right in the last six years. Alabama's been on average nine and a half point favorites playing in Auburn. So that's, that's about the right line, be minus 10. And I'm, and I know it would be right around there. A good friend of mine who's also a great numbers guy and I follow his numbers on his site. Yeah. He's got a 13 point difference between the two. See, on his site, he doesn't take out injuries. So. He still has Alabama ranked number three, where I have Alabama ranked number six. Interesting. Is uh, is two of the, or would Joe Burrow be the uh, have the biggest points uh, value assigned to him? Which of those two quarterbacks means more to the line? Yeah, right now it's Joe Burrow. Yeah, number, number one in the number one in the country. Uh, I just ranked all the quarterbacks just over the last uh, um, eight weeks. I wanted to see what they did. I threw out the the non conference games and how they've done just in conference. And uh, Joe Burrow is number one in the country, and I've seen him a lot on uh, draft boards that he'd be the number one pick, 24 touchdowns uh, to just four INTs, and he's averaging 
more than 10 yards of pass, which is completely amazing for his conference. You know, with that, do you happen to have the numbers around you? I was wondering about our in-state guys, Brock Purdy at Iowa State and Nate Stanley at Iowa. Were they right on your list of quarterbacks in college football? I sure do. Um, then this is over the last eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I ranked them because I wanted to use those numbers. Brock Purdy ranks 19th in the country. Uh, and then uh, Nate Stanley, 80th. Number 80 quarterback in the country right now. Got Brock Purdy 2.8 points better than uh, Nathan Stanley. So, you know, and I, I went through my, uh, went through a draft list yesterday. I I was like shocked at first because I saw Iowa has three guys and looked to go in the first round of the, of the NFL draft. And I thought, I better go back and look. Well, I looked at my depth chart on my, in my book. Those are the only three players I have on Iowa's team one-and-a-half points or better above the average player, the only three on the entire team. Mm. And then I went and then I went to my rankings, and I have Alora Jackson, the eighth-best offensive tackle in the country, Tristan uh, Wirfs, the tenth-best offensive tackle. So I had these guys rated where they were supposed to, and A.J. Enspenza, number, yeah. number three defensive end in the entire country. So I had them ranked at the beginning of the year. Uh, talent-wise, I feel pretty good about where I was at. Uh, and that's why I'm doing stuff like this because I'm already working on the 2020 wow. college football power rating book. Yeah, so <laughs> it never ends. But yeah, <laughs> never ends. It never ends. Indeed. Well, since you're talking Hawks, let's take a look at Iowa and Nebraska. Nebraska, you know, they need. They're looking for that elusive sixth win to get them bowl eligibility. I would love to beat their rival. How do you see this game tomorrow on Friday? Yeah, they, you're right. Uh, Iowa's not going to let up just because they're eight and three and in a bowl game. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna play their hearts out. The line has gone up four and a half to five and a half. I think it's a little overinflated. I only made the game three and a half in this game. And uh, I mentioned Nebraska; they're number two on the list right now with APR. That if they lose and they're five and seven and they need a team, they'd be second in the pecking order to get a shot at that. So um, Frost has done an okay job. His team really kind of fell apart late in late in the season here where they lost five in a row, ATS lost five, four straight. But they did, you know, turn it around against Maryland last week. Maybe that's the confidence game they needed. You know, Adrian Martinez was banged up, and he hadn't played well. And, you know, I told you I got uh, Nathan Stanley ranked 80th in the country. Well, let me look and see where I got to Adrian Martinez, number 135. So he's really struggled because of his injuries, 10 touchdowns just and eight interceptions on the season. I think it's going to be a, a battle, though. I think it'll be a battle down to the wire. Um, I have no play in the game, but I knew you guys would want to talk about it. But I do lean towards Nebraska just a little bit because they do want that sixth win. They do want that extra 30 days of practice, and they want that bowl game. Kenny, is there anything else on Friday that was jumping out to you? I know the battle for the Coastal is something you mentioned you were keeping your eye on, along with uh, a big American conference that still with Memphis big. and Cincy. Either of those you like more going into uh, Black Friday? Yeah, both I like. Uh, I like Virginia plus the three. Um, the Lions really moved from Virginia one and a half to Virginia Tech three. And I guess that's because the winning streak. Virginia Tech's won 15 in a row in the series, and they've dominated Virginia, but... You know, Bronco Mendenhall wasn't the coach all those years. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got enough that uh, he can they can upset Virginia Tech. And, you know, I've been on Virginia Tech. I've been on their bandwagon the last three or four weeks. So I think my ratings, I have, to, I have to stay with my ratings. The other one, Cincinnati is getting absolutely no respect here. Now, they're already in the conference championship game, and they basically could decide who they want to play. If they, right. if they, lose, if they lose to Memphis, they play Memphis again next week. 
if they beat Memphis, they play Navy. And I, you know, they, they got beat last year at home 34 to seven by this Memphis team. I really think that, uh, Cincinnati wants this football game and they're the better defense getting points. I think they're the right side. I think Cincinnati plus the points sprinkle a little on the money line on that one as well. Mm, interesting. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to Saturday and we've got some big games. Uh, and look, it is a big game in our part of the country. K State, Iowa State. Um, uh, Climb has done a terrific job uh, with K State. I think he's exceeded all expectations. Iowa State, if it would have, should have with all those close games. Uh, how do you see this one uh, in uh, Little Manhattan on Saturday night? Yeah, I know. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Really, all those close games, I wish they would have gone Iowa State's way. A play here, a play there. And we could be looking at a 10 and 1 team, and Iowa State would be playing Oklahoma for the conference championship game i bet maybe it's disappointing i i'm i think and you know i and i've been on iowa state all year i made kansas state a one and a half point favorite in this game the money is coming mm-hmm. in on iowa state three up to five so i'm gonna let it go and i'll take chris Kleiman because you're right he is a great coach he really is he knows this guy knows what he's doing k-state's going to be a player uh, in this conference and matt campbell's a great coach too but i mean, sorry, sorry cyclone fans you might lose Chris Campbell, you know, real soon. Matt here. Campbell, so, yeah. Matt, Matt Campbell real yeah. soon. But uh, So I'll, I'll take Chris Kleiman with Kansas State plus the points. I think it's going to be a, a, a battle down to the wire. Kansas State's running game uh, will keep this a short and uh, short game and uh, keep the scoring down. And that's why the numbers come down. And all the trends lead to the under. Don't bet it under because you missed the boat. It was 51 and a half down to 46. But every trend leads to the under. But you know, the last time these two played, it was 42-38. And Iowa State can play some high-scoring games. They've gone over two of the last three because they got a great quarterback in Brock Purdy. So uh, be careful of that total. Kenny, they call it the game. Michigan-Ohio mm. State. My mind has gone a million different directions in this one. I can see so many different paths the way this one plays out. What do you see in Ohio State against Michigan in Ann Arbor? Eight and a half, the latest number I see. Yeah, boy, does it ever. Um, when I uh, published my magazine, I had Michigan State a seven-point favorite in this football game, well knowing that Ohio State has won the last seven in the series, but I knew this was John Harbaugh, uh, his best team. Uh, Jim, I get him too mixed up. Jim Harbaugh's best team. John Harbaugh um, might have his best team, too. <laughs> he does have his best team, that's for sure. He does, he does, and he's the, great, he's the best coach in the NFL right now besides uh, Belichick, but... Uh, uh, this Michigan team has finally come around. They won. They've covered seven of their last eight games. Uh, they've they've really been running through people since the uh, uh, Penn State loss, and I think the second half of the Penn State game finally got them going. They looked great against Notre Dame. They destroyed a Michigan State team, and then last week they beat up a really good Indiana team on the road in a meaningless game. Uh, so it kind of impressed me that this offense has finally hit its stride. Uh, Ohio State struggled versus the best team they played this year. Uh, that was yeah. Penn State, minus their best player. Uh, Hamler didn't play. They had nobody to stretch the field, but yet they were able to put 21 points on the board in the third quarter and, and stay close in that football game. So uh, 17 points they got in the third quarter, and they stayed close with, with Ohio State. So this is the best team Ohio State has played now. Um, Michigan at home is their best, biggest battle. Now, I'm not on the side. I'm going to play a small play on the side, but I am going to play the total. The total's come down from 53 to 49 and a half. This is, again, I'm going to go with passing offenses and over teams, and Michigan is a dead over team, 40 and 17 with a tie in the last 58 overs. Better than uh, close to 70% mm-hmm. overs. The last six times these two teams have played, it's 6 and 0 to the over. 
the average score, Ohio State 42, Michigan 28, and the average total was 51. We're looking at a total of 49 and a half, right around what the normal total is, but they get usually get 70 points from these two hookup, and we know how good Ohio State's offense is, and Michigan's offense has really come around. They've gone over four of their last five games, too, so uh, over is the better play in this football game. Uh, let's stay in the Big Ten, but go from the east to the west, and it's a big, big, uh, big, big spot up in the Twin Cities. Uh, TCF Bank Stadium, it's the Badgers, it's the Gophers, it's for an axe, it's for a ticket to Indianapolis to play in the Big Ten Championship game. Wisconsin's been about a field goal favorite uh, since the line was posted. How do you see it? Yeah, and they have revenge from last year. They lost 37-15 at home to uh, Minnesota, which is a surprising loss. But it was a bad year for Wisconsin last year. They've turned things around this year. Uh, this is a great game. I have the number one and a half, Wisconsin. So I'm right there. I may take a look at, at uh, Minnesota if I can get three and a half. If the line does go that far, I don't think it will. But I did play the total already. I played the total over 47. Uh, 15 of the last 19 times in this series between the two teams, they've gone over. 15 and 4 to the over. Um, Wisconsin's 3 and 0 over their last three games. Minnesota's 4 and 1 to the over their last five games. And we're looking at a total of 47 and a half. That's low. College football average score is 56. I know there's so much at stake, and there really is. There's a lot at stake in this game. But Tanner Morgan's a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll, he'll put up he'll put up points in this football game, and Wisconsin will find a way with their running game, and Jonathan Taylor will break a couple runs, and Wisconsin will put their points up. So uh, over 47 is the play there. Uh, we've got 30 seconds left. I want to save some time for you. Just a real quick hit on the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to uh, play that one over as well. Uh, it, it's very small, though. I think the number the number's perfect. As I said, the last six years, Auburn, Alabama's been a nine and a half point favorite in Auburn. Final score, though, twenty five twenty one Alabama on average. They win by like four in this spot. I think that's about where the score is going to be, but maybe just a little bit higher scoring. Uh, KennyWhiteSports.com. What do you got going on over there? Everything going on right now with you know with basketball going on the football. Uh, it's just a busy, crazy weekend. The projection site still giving people a good head start to the week. Uh, gives you a great line to you know begin your week and know what the line should be. When the bulls are announced a week from Saturday, when will you be ready with your stuff? How long do you uh, need? They will be up probably 15 minutes after they're announced. <laughs> well, good stuff. Kenny White, Kenny yeah. White Sports dot com. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Thank Happy you for doing this. Guys. Yep. Enjoy the weekend. Good Thank to you. talk to you. Kenny White, kennywhitesports.com. All right, let's uh, well head east. You ready? Well, we got to take a break. Yeah, we do. And then we'll get to Cappy. David Kaplan will join the program, NBC Sports Chicago, ESPN 1000. We'll do some Bears, some White Sox, and some Cubs. Bill Bender's about a half hour away. Trent and I, Miller and Condon, take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 14 six. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Still to come, Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. Well, and also David Kaplan from Chicago. We're efforting Cappy. Get him in here, hopefully. Uh, we'll take a preview of tomorrow's uh, Lions-Bears tilt. A must-win game. Look, Trent, if they have any hope, uh, I think, of getting, and it's slim, <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Very they, they have to win out. They being the Bears, and with what they have after tomorrow, Lions game, and they look. They should they should beat the Lions. Although it's Thanksgiving, uh, bad Lions teams have uh, played well on Thanksgiving before. But then Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, and Vikings. 
Not a lot of potential for wins in there. What's um? How can you save this season? I mean, that the playoffs seem like a reach. But what would going into the off season not placate Bears fans? But is it simply Trubisky looking like he's getting it and like he's getting a little better? What would do it? Anything? I think that's about it. If it goes down where you see Mitchell Trubisky not just using his legs, but many of the knocks against him, the down-the-field throws, the throws in tight windows, going through his progressions, those types of things. I mean, just some of the simpler things for a quarterback. If you at least see a small inkling, a positive momentum, it gives you hope. I, I think regardless, unless they win out and he throws for 15 touchdowns and two interceptions or something, they're going to bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. But short of that happening, at least hope that, hey, this guy can fight for the job. Maybe there is still something that you can hold on to. Now, am I hopeful for that? Not even close. And I don't think there's any Bears fan right now that could be hopeful for anything like that. But that would be the one inkling going into the offseason that would give you something. Not real easy to hold on to, though. Uh, what about Matt Nagy? Is he safe? Coach of the year last year? I would think so, right? I just... The play calling has been so befuddling. Can, Does can he you have explain to give it? that up? Mm, that's a good question. A lot of people say that's too much for one person, right? Mm-hmm. That's too much for one person to do, much like... Works for Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It worked for Sean McVay. Yeah. Now that's going the other way, too. Right. Andy Reid went out and got to I me. Mean, yeah, I still think he's very heavily involved, obviously. Mike Shanahan called his own plays. It can work, but uh, you just wonder what uh, the Bears are going to require that Matt Nagy, if he wants to come back, is going to have to give up. Maybe nothing. Maybe we'll see. All right, let's uh, try Cappy again here. Uh, Miller and Condon take you up until noon. Cappy's brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone. Centurion Stone of Iowa's where you can find them online. If you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior project of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa offers a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. In fact, over 200 of them. Check them out online, Centurion Stone of Iowa. There's a tab right on the landing page where you can tell Centurion Stone about the project uh, that you have, whether it's indoor or outdoor, and visit their showroom, uh, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street, Allow yourself some time to do that because you can quite honestly spend a lot of time. There is so much to look at. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to speak with Cappy. Hey, boys. Happy Thanksgiving. Great to be with you guys as always. Uh, Great to be with you, Cappy. Thanks for finding time here. Uh, On the day before Thanksgiving, lots of ground to cover. Let's spend a few minutes doing so. We have to start with the Bears, obviously, uh, as they'll head to Chicago tomorrow. Any hopes of a playoff cap? They have to win out. That looks remote at this this particular point of the season. Uh, You know, what what would make Bears fans... At least give them a sliver of happiness going into the off season. What is it? Simply that Trubisky starts to show some signs that maybe all hope is not lost. Is, is there anything that would do that? Placate them a little bit? Yeah, I think that certainly would be a good start. And I can tell you up there, they are not writing off running the table. They are not. They believe they can run the table, and you know they see no reason why they can't be ten and six now. Again, they got to prove that. We will see. I thought last Sunday, let me ask you guys a question. I asked this on the radio and on TV this week. Last Sunday against the New York Giants, Mitchell Trubisky was A, good, B, bad. No, meh, no. Well, he was okay. Mitchell Trubisky was good. 
Mitchell Trubisky was bad. He was 24-31, 278 yards. How would you rate him? Well, because they won, I will say Good, but I may have to go wash my mouth out with soap. I, I'd say if I only had those two options, same thing. I would go good and good because of what he also did with his legs. Yeah, I thought he was. I voted good. Now look, that wasn't all pro. That wasn't Pro right, Bowl, right? <laughs> but he made progress. And if I told you that we took the sixty-yard catch and run Allen Robinson had, and that counted, and that uh, Ben Bronicker doesn't drop the mm-hmm. touchdown pass, then you have all of a sudden a guy that threw for another 90, so 365, 370 yards, one interception, another touchdown. You look, you go, wow, he ran mm-hmm. for one, he threw for two, he threw for 370 yards. Yeah, I guess he was really good. So that's where my take was coming from. There are others who are so wedded to their position that Mitchell Trubisky is a bust and he stinks and he can't play and he'll never play that he could literally go out and throw for 428 yards, four scores, and go 31 for 31, and they'd be like, yeah, but who did he play? Right. Played an NFL team. So we'll see how this transpires. But, uh, yeah, that that would be a good start that he p- goes out and plays well these last six games. Well, here's the thing, Cap, tomorrow, and sure, I get Sunday Night Football, etc. but the country's going to be watching the Bears tomorrow and Mitchell Trubisky like never before. There's no other alternatives, right? If you're, you're in the early mm-hmm. time slot and you're a football fan, TVs are going to be turned to Mitchell Trubisky and the, and the uh, Chicago Bears. So some pressure on him. Maybe some folks that haven't seen Trubisky uh, will, will draw their, uh, uh, their own conclusions after seeing this this week. Does, does that factor into it? Does this maybe get in his head a little bit? Apparently he asked that the TVs be turned off uh, at Hallis Hall. I don't know if there's any validity to that, but uh, maybe not the most confident dude. America's going to be watching tomorrow, Cap. Yeah, so look, here's my take on that. Does he need to have his confidence propped up? That's what everybody up there seems to say, so maybe he does. But, you know, when he throws a throwaway remark of something to the effect, okay, you know what, I really don't need to hear these talking heads. Maybe we can get some of these TVs turned off. I don't think he was being literal. I really don't. I don't think he was, you know, in there in a meeting going, can you get these TVs turned off? It's deflating my confidence. But because he's Mitchell Trubisky, because he has struggled, because they traded up, because he was the second overall pick, for whatever reason, things haven't worked out the way they had hoped. And so that amps up the pressure. But I thought last Sunday, and I saw it, and then Olin Krutz said the same exact thing on his Monday hit on our competitor. Olin's one of my dear friends. And I called him after it, and I go, wow, we both agree on this. And he and I don't agree on everything. But Mitchell went to the podium, and normally it's, well, you know, we, Anthony ran the wrong route, and I've got to, he and i got to get on the same page. It was, this. I know we won. This is unacceptable, and it starts with me. This is my offense, and I have to be better, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, about freaking time. He took ownership of the offense and said, this is my offense, and I have to be better. Not Allen Robinson actually broke his route off, and that's why Alec Ogletree was there to intercept the pass in the back of the end zone. No, for whatever reason, the interception happened. It's my fault. Bears are playing in back-to-back years in this Thanksgiving slot against the Lions. They have... The third most wins all time behind the Lions and Cowboys in Thanksgiving games. Cap, for you, you like the Thanksgiving game for the Bears? 
Yeah, I do like the Thanksgiving game. I'm selfish because I don't have to work on Thanksgiving, but I do have to watch the game and chart it and write my notes and all that because I'm working on Friday. And so I love that my team's playing, but I just like football on Thanksgiving. I love football on Thanksgiving. So I'm excited that the Bears are playing, and I'm going to be – we're going – we normally host. And for whatever reason, this year my sister was like, you always host. Can I have it for a year? Mm. So we're going to her house. And I said, okay, just understand, I'll be there at 1030 in the morning. Because if you're planning dinner at 230, which is another sore subject with me, <laughs> at least at 2 freaking 30. Right. If that's the plan, I got to be there for the pregame shows. I got to get my fantasy team set. I got to get my pool sheet picked in. So that's what I do on Sunday. So she's like, okay, I'll have the coffee on. So there we go. Good stuff, Cap. Uh, David Kaplan brought to us by Centurion Stone. Cap, let's uh, switch over to baseball, and we have to start with the White Sox. We uh, talked briefly about it last week that the word was the White Sox are open for business. Well, here's Grindall. Abreu's back in the fold. Apparently, they're kicking the tires on some pitching. If you're a fan of the White Sox, you saw some improvement last year, you have to be pretty uh, pretty excited about the team's arrow seemingly pointing upward um, in their division. Oh, you've got to be thrilled. I mean, jacked. You, you know, here you go, $73 million in Grand Isle. I know there are some people in the game think he got overpaid. Who cares? It's money. That's all it is. You didn't give up your top four prospects, so I don't know what you guys think of it, but I love the fact that they're making moves. Love it. And uh, the Twins certainly appear to be there for a while. they got to figure out their whole pitching rotation after Barrios and Oda Rizzi, who they got to with a qualifying offer, but three more spots open there. What about the Indians? A lot of talk about them possibly selling off a lot of those pieces. Ken mentioned Lindor. Maybe Corey Kluber goes. The Indians certainly feels like their arrow's pointing the other way. Yeah, but they still were a 90-some win team this past year. 90-some wins. So... If the Indians are truly selling off, okay, then let me see it. But as we sit here right now, the day before Thanksgiving, the Cleveland Indians are a 93-4 or win team with a lot of talent on it. So now if they move these guys, though, then all bets are off. We can have a different discussion. But I'm just telling you, that's a lot of talent they've got there in Cleveland. Catch you out of here on this, Cap. Apparently there's some negotiations beginning with Javier Baez on a long-term extension. Uh, the domino that would fall if indeed that happens, or maybe one won't, but there's a lot of speculation amongst uh, people that cover the Bears, the athletics all over this story, that if Javi Baez is in the fold, somebody is going to, one of the core pieces uh, will not be retained. Do you believe that Baez is, is willing to sign that long-term deal? And if so, does that, in your mind, mean that one of the core guys go? And if so, whom? Um, I, well, here's what I think it means. I think it means that the Cubs are trying, as I've told you guys for weeks, trying to get the guys they want to be part of their long-term future to agree to extensions. And if Chris Bryant says, I'll sign an extension, and it's at a number Theo and Tom Ricketts and Jed Hoyer find palatable, they'll sign him too. But if these guys don't want their money or if these guys feel like, I can get more in the open market, good luck to you. Go get it. And then the Cubs are going to be open for business to try and trade them. So that's where I think it's at. If, if Javi, and I wrote an article in NBC Sports Chicago two weeks ago, I spoke with a former GM, and that GM helped me lay out what the deal should cost. You know, and I'm hearing people today going, oh, $300 million, 350 I'm like, are you guys insane? He's two years from free agency. 
that deal won't cost $200 million. It may have an option in there that pushes it past it, but in guaranteed dollars, he's projected in arbitration this year to, win, to get 9.73. So I said, okay, give him 10. Second year, he's projected to go to like 15. You give, I'll give you 12 right now, so you don't have to worry about staying healthy. And then I'll give you six years at $23 million. Well, Bryce Harper got 13 years at 25. Javi on the open market, if he was a free agent today, is a $30 million player. But he's not a free agent today. So my thought is, okay, Javi, that's fine. Do you want the security now? I'll give you the six-year deal plus the two arbitration years, and I'll throw two option years in there at $40 million a year, and I'm only going to pick them up in eight years if I think you're still worth it. I probably won't. Total value of the deal is like 164 plus the option years. That's a fair deal. Hmm. Cap, last thing. Is Contreras a member of the Cubs when they hit the spring training in Arizona? Yeah, no. Yes or no? No. Wow. No. I do not believe he is. Good mm. stuff. I don't think I don't think he is. Cappy, I know you got a show so. to do. Thank you for doing this for us. We'll talk to you after Thanksgiving. You Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Happy Thanksgiving and to everybody there. I love being on your show. Thank you, pal. We love having you. Take care, Capper. See Good to Bye. talk to you. David Kaplan uh, from... W, not just going to say WGN, NBC Sports Chicago and ESPN 1000. We'll take a time out. We'll come back with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. A little college football conversations. We take you towards noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 24 hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Lauren Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Bill Bender from the Sporting Sporting News in about 30 seconds. Take a look at uh, Rivalry Week with Bill. Quick update on Iowa State, although if you're a clone fan, you're either watching the game or I would assume listening to the game on 100.3, the bus, Michigan, uh, now by 6, 39-33, about two minutes, well, I'll tell you exactly, two minutes, 19 seconds left uh, in the first half, 39-33. It's been kind of back and forth. Boy, Halliburton's a player. Young is off to a terrific start in his basketball game as well. Well, we're going to move away uh, from basketball and talk college football before we get out of here at noon. Uh, he's Bill Bender from the Sporting News, and Bill joins the program. Bill, happy Thanksgiving. Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on, Bill Bender. How are you? Yeah, thanks for working with me. I'm going from, I did a hit Columbus to Iowa City, and then I'm going straight to a hit in Happy Valley from here. All you Big Ten guys, tell me to be in here. Well, we're grateful for what you do for us, and thank you in advance, Bill, in case we run out of show here. And we're going to do so in about 10 minutes, so let's get to it. It's rivalry weekend. I want to start with the rivalry that's going to unfold in Lincoln on Friday at one thirty on the Big Ten Network as Frost tries to get his Husky Huskers to six wins. Um Iowa, they've had a, you know, it's, I don't know, it depends what Hawkeye fan you talk to. It's about where they thought that they would be, maybe underachieving a little bit, but to get to 9-3 and three would be special. Uh, what's Nebraska, what do you make, a, what do you take away from the Maryland win, if anything, from last week? Um, you know, I think it's, it's they're trying to get Boyle. It's going to turn the corner, and it takes time. This Iowa game is, is one I think they're going to come out fired up for and pull out all the stops to try to get Boyle eligible. So for Iowa... How often are you? Like you said, it's been an emotional season for them, up and down games. But I like Iowa to win. I just, 
This is one I stared at for a while, though, because I think Nebraska is going to give them their best shot. Certainly feels that way in Nebraska now going into the offseason, one way or the other. It'll be year number three of Scott Frost. It's not win-now mode. He just got a contract extension here a couple of weeks ago, but expectations, program building, all those things. How important of an offseason, in your mind, is it for the program if they're going to continue to build what he's got to do this offseason at Nebraska? I continue to beef up the offense and defense, you know, continue mm-hmm. to beef up those lines and have a championship defense. I mean, Minnesota's made advances that can be done, yeah. and I think one of the ways Minnesota's done it is I think the best part of their team is those receivers. Yeah. They've got some NFL receivers. And once you have some playmakers and then you can make some plays on the inside too, you can win a Big Ten West championship. And uh, maybe, I mean, it's weird to say, but maybe follow the flex model a little bit. <laughs> Think about that. Uh, yeah, Johnson, Bateman, really good players. Well, let's talk about that game, Bill. Wisconsin wants the axe back. Minnesota wants to get to Indianapolis. I guess they're still mathematically alive. I mean, if they beat if they beat Wisconsin, pick off the Buckeyes next week, as we talked last week, I don't see there's any way in heck that you, they leave them out. But we'll see. How do you see this game on Saturday? Game day's going to be their Gophers and Wisconsin. What a cool trophy. What a cool game yeah, that's going to be. And, uh, yeah, um, I like Wisconsin to win. It's just me being, you know, boring, I guess. I think the boring team wins. I think they're running. They, they use a similar game plan that Iowa used on Minnesota. And the running game pops open with Jonathan Taylor a few times. Jack Cone makes a couple plays in the passing game. And their defense keeps Minnesota in front of them, maybe forces a few mistakes. So it's not really an upset, though. Wisconsin's favored. So, I think the Badgers, the, the, and, I, and I'm going to end up being right, guys, because I predicted Wisconsin-Ohio State to go to the Big Ten Championship game. Might as well stick with it. The Buckeyes and the Wolverines. Michigan certainly playing much better than what we saw that September edition of this team. But does it matter the way Ohio State has played this season? Even in Ann Arbor, is it going to matter here? I mean, high emotions in this game. A lot of fun. Um, I think Michigan has tipped their hand into what they're going to do. And I say that in that Shea Patterson's kind of throwing the ball around the last two weeks, uh, put it all over the place, going up for over 370 yards. Um, I think they're going to try to win with his arm. And, and they could lose with his arm very easily. But I think this is the shot they're going to take at a superiorly talented Ohio State team that's just, I mean, you guys have seen it, dominant on both sides. I think the Buckeyes win the game. But I think it's going to be a four-quarter game. Hmm. You know, since uh, since you mentioned Ohio State, and you're talking about that. Let's go to the playoff, Bill. And you know, I'm not. I have no problem with Ohio State one and LSU two. I don't. The committee said it's based on defense. They like. They think Ohio State is the most complete team in college football. It's hard to argue that. And I'm glad, quite honestly, because I don't. Well, I want to see Clemson, Ohio State play for a title. So selfishly, I'm pleased. Where I'm not sure. What's going to happen is I'm, I, I have a feeling uh, Utah is going to win the Pac-12 and somehow Oklahoma is going to leapfrog them uh, into that four slot. I, I, I think Alabama's out personally. I'll get your take on that. But do you feel that Utah, even if they beat Oregon after slipping as far as they did, I mean, they dropped eight spots, Bill. It seems like the committee has opened a big, big door for the Big 12. Ken, if they're going to do that, they got to blow out Oklahoma State this week and get and an Oklahoma blowout that you and I are just seeing in Trent. I don't want to leave Trent out, but they need to blow these next two teams out. And if they do that, I think you're on to something because there's something about that brand value. There's something, yep. and I hate that phrase. Mm-hmm. There's something about Jalen Hurts and selling 
mean, how easy would it be to sell Jalen Hurts in the playoff, and Alabama's not? Um, pretty easy. Yeah. So I think that is something to monitor. I still think Utah's got a really good shot, though. It's, it, they may be boring, but sometimes boring is beautiful, and they're pretty good up front. Bill, rivalry week, we talk about the big ones, Michigan, Ohio State, Iron Bowl, on and on and on. What's an under-the-radar rivalry matchup that doesn't get the national pub year in and year out, but is more bitter than maybe people here in the Midwest might realize? Clemson, South Carolina, without mm. court. I, I oh. lived down there for seven years, and, uh, you know, I'm a Big Ten snob. I'm a <laughs> proud Big Ten snob. So, But when I got down there and kind of experienced it, it's just because it's in-state, it's neighborly, and it's bitter. I remember they had the brawl the one year. Yeah. It was really bad. Um, and then the it kind of reached its height with Dabo and Spurrier because I think that's what makes rivalries fun is when the uh, coaches are willing to jaw back and forth a little bit. I don't like – I love respectful rivalries, but I like the ones where they, they bark a little bit. <laughs> uh, Florida State, Florida certainly used to do that. Remember when that used to be a thing, Bill? FSU, Florida? I mean, it's been a while since this game really had the cachet. I mean, for God's sakes, it's parked on the SEC network on Saturday night. Kind of fallen a little bit as far as its place. Once was spectacular and certainly can get there again. It's just not right now. Speaks to the entire state. Yeah. I mean, you know, Miami just lost to Florida International. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, and I think I'm I think, well, I don't, I'm not going to date everybody. I think I'm pretty close to how Trent is age-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. <laughs> but... Um, Regardless, we all crowded around the TV for Florida, Florida State. Yeah. Huge game. Now, Bowden, Spurrier, uh, again, a little bit of barking both ways. And uh don't have that anymore. I mean, that one's so far down the radar right now. And I think kind of on Florida State to get back up there and make it something. LSU's got Texas A&M coming in. Kellamon's maybe not had the season many people anticipated. You know, we talked about A&M before the year and the schedule they have. They become the first ever team to play three number one ranked AP teams over the course of the season. Yet I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe A&M's got something up my sleeve. Am I crazy here? Is it just going to be an LSU blowout? I think A&M's played enough top ten teams that they're not going to be scared. So I think it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of can they keep up after a physical game against Georgia and not getting knocked out early. And yeah, they played this wild game last year. So I think A&M will hang around for a while. but But at the same time, I just think LSU... That offense is at another level. I think Joe Burrow takes one more step toward the Heisman, mm-hmm. and they go ahead and win another one. Chase Young's got to be. Oh, by the way, uh, how about Barry Sanders retweeting our next uh, our guest right now, uh-huh. Bill Bender? Wow. I noticed that. Uh, that got my attention. That had to make you uh, smile, Bill Bender. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we talked about that top ten last yeah. week, and Charles Woodson and Barry Sanders both retweeted it. And for somebody like me, that's like <laughs> right. you get a little giddy when two guys uh, – they're two of the best football players of all time, period. So, I mean, to have them retweet it and read it was pretty cool. No, I bet it was. No doubt about it. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, uh, we're certainly grateful for what you do for us all season long. We will talk to you next week in, fa- in front of Championship Weekend. Oh, just one more real quick. Chase Young, do enough, show enough last week that he's – Clearly back into the conference. Look, we it's Burroughs' trophy. We get that. But Young's got to be there, right? Oh, yeah. I would put him second right now. I, I think too. he's the second best candidate behind Burrow. And then, then you get into Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields and the other guys. But, I mean, it's undeniable. And, I mean, he served his suspension mm-hmm. and he has two more big games to make his case. Indeed. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, sportingnews.com. Bill, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. 
Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Thanks so much. Thank you, buddy. Good to talk to you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. All right, Trent Condon, what have you got planned here for the rest of the day and into tomorrow? We're here on Friday, by the way, at 10. We'll be back, yeah, normal time at 10 o'clock on Black Friday. So if you're stuck in the car hauling people around to Black Friday shopping, just hang out with us. Mm -hmm. I'll keep that car warm, and we'll keep you hopefully entertained for two hours on Friday. But uh, wrapping up some work today, hopefully on the road. Where are you headed? Sioux City, okay. mid late afternoon. Did you look at the roads? I mean, do you, yeah, I got to do that still. That's yeah. that's on the agenda here for the afternoon. So because it had to cut through there, right? It I'm did. assuming. Yeah, huh? I think they were anticipating three to five inches. Yeesh. Didn't see exactly what they got, but it's all interstate too. I mean, yep. by the time we're throwing rolling through, as long as there's not more coming. I think we'll be in good shape. And when are you coming back uh, Thursday night? Thursday night, listen to Dolph on the call. No, Dolph won't be there. No, I don't. It'll be Jim Albrecht, I would guess, uh, on the call for the Hawkeye game. And then I'll be able to listen to the Creighton game after that because they play, of course, 930. So I'll be listening. Who cares? Is it 590? Is it Joe Quinzel's Pronto Station? I think so. I'm not positive on that, but I'm sure I'll be able to make it. it. Yep. And uh, hoops on the way home before back to work on Friday. Indeed. Well, um, how about you? Um, Gonna you go, love Turkey Day. I oh, know it's that. my favorite day of the year. Yeah. American Thanksgiving is my, my favorite day of the year. It is for me. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I got it, right? Yeah, You've been here 30 years. I can years. leave that out now, right? Yeah, it's my favorite day of the year. I just love the love the football. I love what the, the day means. It's um, You guys do it right as opposed to how we do it up there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, it's too early in... Uh, North of the border. You got any picks, anything of the three football games? That- no, but you know what? It's an interesting angle. I'm wondering how uh, what, how much business will be done in the state of Iowa on these football games on Thursday. An actual handle? Actually, yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Can you carve out Thanksgiving and how much money was wagered on those NFL games now that it's legal in uh, in the fine state of Iowa? Well, listen, thank you for uh, uh, for giving our program a try over the, how long have we been back now? Almost a year, right? Yes. Uh, 11 months since we've been back here, where I'm certainly thankful to be given that opportunity me to too. finish my career over here. and. Thankful that I was able to bring you with me, Trent Condon. It's been great. It has been great. Uh, Murph and Addy today at 2, then the Fanatics at 4. No local programming Thursday, but a pile of it on Friday, starting with the morning rush. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, from Miller and Condon and all of us here at Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNL.